Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are stressed out from their busy lives of flying around in private jets, eating five-star meals, and getting six-handed massages. It's a very real thing to be going through behind the scenes. You can help take the edge off by donating to the Royal Relief Fund. I never thought that this would be easy, but I thought it would be fair. The Royal Relief Fund is your chance to help whiny, entitled do-nothings survive their woe-is-me charade of a life. It's not enough to just survive something. Like, that's not the point of life. For just $283,000 a day, you can give a British royal things they desperately need to survive, like 30 assistants five personal chefs, and a string quartet to serenade them while they poop. Because not many people have asked if I'm okay. The Royal Relief Fund, connecting gullible fools like you with self-important clowns like them for over five years. I believe that together we can make America great again. Oh, girl, it is a big day. It is a big week Mm -hmm. on Everybody Calm Down. Happy Monday, everybody. Jimmy Fallon in the house, host of this fine program, head writer for the Kennedy program. You can watch it on Fox Business Monday through Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can also hear me today interviewing Super Bowl MVP Otis Anderson on the Blue Rush podcast, the official New York Giants, New York Post football podcast. And why stop there, Sean Barry? You know, if I could go a little bit harder, I could probably get a stroke. So today, from 12 noon to 3 p.m., and, and every day this week, mm-hmm. you can hear me hosting Fox Across America on it's Fox nasty. News Radio. I'll be on the air in every state in the country. Uh, if you want to feel better about your own handle on uh, political events, okay. societal goings-on, <laughs> that's basically why they have me on the air in every state in the country, because I'm, like I'm like an opiate for, for everybody else. They feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like a little Paxil. Because I'm like, well, this guy's on the air in 50 states. I feel better already. Yeah, I'm capable of anything. Like, yeah. you, you, you write, you're leaving. You're like, I could be Secretary of the Interior. What am I doing listening to this radio show? If this guy could do that, I could do anything. So uh, today is not a day to applaud me, though. We begin today, Sean Barry, with a huge round of applause for the U.S. military. The U.S. military. Special Forces getting the job done this weekend. A shout out to President Trump. He deserves some credit for authorizing the strike. Uh, Al Abu Akbar Baghdadi. Al-Baghdadi killed during a raid by U.S. Special Forces on Saturday, from what we are told, and that is fantastic. That is full-blown addition by subtraction, and in an apolitical show, we don't care if you're a Republican, we don't care if you're a Democrat, we just want you to appreciate your unique American privilege. You live in the greatest country in the world, the greatest time to be here, it's the most tolerant, Uh, It's the most convenient. It's the safest it's ever been. There's never been more financial opportunity. Um, So we're the type of people who are in on the joke, and we appreciate all of the luxuries we have. 
by by the virtues of the fact that we were born in this great country. So we're not here to bitch about political differences. You can have them, but when you come on our show, we just want you to not be an asshole. Is that fair, Sean Barry? Yeah, that's about right. But a big win for the victory uh, for the for the military, and we are thrilled to know that that went on today. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't be happier. Like, sounds like they took out an asshole. Well, I got to tell you, what's funny? It's a different experience as an ex cab driver. Because when they called me this morning, they're like, yeah, they got Al Baghdadi. I was like, for what, speeding? I'm like, where, where was he? Which street were they shooting radar on? I got to yeah. know. You know, because the same thing, like when they killed Osama bin Laden, I knew five guys named Osama bin Laden. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a different story. So like when that was going on today, I was like, ah, I did, you know, my, that was my first takeaway. Because sometimes you forget about these guys because we have the luxury in this country of forgetting about these guys because mm-hmm. they're overseas. They're ISIS. They're garbage, you know. Mm-hmm. But because we don't deal with the immediacy of them here, we're able to take for granted the fact that they're running roughshod over most of Europe. And uh, any day we get rid of one of them is a good day. And this was the guy, al-Baghdadi. Like, right. he had taken over. Um, and he was responsible for a lot of their, like, recruitment efforts. Their, they had a magazine. How crazy is that? Wow. ISIS had a monthly magazine. Yeah, they still have uh, paper publications over yeah. there. Worst swimsuit issue ever, by the way. <laughs> the, the ISIS swimsuit issue is like just the worst. Yeah, like, just eye color. It's got all. nice eyes. Yeah. I got to tell you, yeah. <laughs> Sports Illustrated has yeah. the worst swimsuit issue ever. But uh, the guy that was behind and responsible for all of that is dead, and I couldn't be happier for that. So we'll salute, we'll salute the troops again, because Al Baghdadi. Not a Michter's guy. No. You know that, Sean Barry? That's right. We say in the show every day, you're going to come on our show, be a Michter's guy. Treat people good. You know, don't be an a-hole. Don't let your politics define you. Mm-hmm. Be considerate. Be punctual. Smell nice. You're going to tell me a guy, the guy living in a cave smelled nice? <laughs> I'm not talking about his ethnicity, so don't try to twist that either. No, it's just the heat. It's He's just, living in a cave. Yeah, geographical. We need to stop applauding flaw. <laughs> oh, he's brave. He doesn't shower. No, he's not brave. He's inconsiderate. I agree. You know what I'm saying? But now's not about who is and isn't considerate. It's about getting on the Michter's voice line and bringing in, pound for pound, one of my favorite comics anywhere. And I've never really had a chance to extensively talk to this fella, so I'm so thrilled to have him on the show today, mm-hmm. Dave Landau. Wow. He's a co-host of the Anthony Cumia Show over on Compound Media. Nice. Uh, just shot a phenomenal stand-up special. Um, I did a show with him that we need to talk about um, involving Pamela Anderson. I told the story last week on the show. He performed on the famous Pamela Anderson show live in Gotham. Yeah, and we're going to get into it when we come back right here on Everybody Calm Down. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tonight, on an all-new Intervention, we go inside the disturbing new addiction that's bringing America to its knees. My name is Doug Fritz, and I am addicted to yelling at celebrities on Twitter. Everyone in my feed was bashing Ellen DeGeneres, so I did it too, and I got 50 likes. I was like... 
Wow, this is cool. Yelling at celebrities on Twitter was a high like nothing I'd ever felt before. It made me feel morally superior on issues I didn't even know anything about. I was getting a huge rush of approval from people I'd never even met. But they must be cool because they agree with me. I started skipping family functions just so I could try and get complete strangers fired from their jobs. And then I hit rock bottom. My boss saw my hate-filled tweets about the people who were spreading hate. And I got fired. Intervention. The yelling at celebrities on Twitter epidemic. I don't want to put down my phone. Nobody likes me in the real world. There it is. There it is, Sean Barry, producer Sean Barry. Hello. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Best time to be here, by the way. No one likes to mention that part. What a good time to be in the funhouse. The uh, name of the show is called Everybody Calm Down. Hosted, of course, by myself, Jimmy Fallon, head writer for the Kennedy Program. Watch us Monday through Thursday. 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Fox Business Channel. This next gentleman, uh, not only the co-host of the Anthony Cumia Show, not only uh, a, a Detroit player himself, he hails from the Motor City, but he's filming his next uh, stand-up special in Philadelphia because mm. apparently he he wanted the most hostile right. audience possible. He's like, you know, <laughs> this comedy's great. If I could just get somebody punching a police horse outside the yeah. club. Dave Landau. Dave Landau joins us on the show. Yo, Dave Landau. I've always wanted to uh, record in a place where they might have a prison in the comedy club. Just like the football <laughs> it, is, it is. Helium is like performing at Veterans Stadium, which I guess is now Lincoln Financial Field. And yes. uh, I have loved uh, get it performing there and getting heckled specifically by women who have the same Teamster accent that I do. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> this guy's not funny. <laughs> like, all right. You want to relax yeah, for- and read. Yeah, for some reason, South Jersey women and Philly sound just like the men. It's a weird thing. I got set up on a blind date with a girl from Staten Island once, and she left me a voicemail, and I just assumed my car had been finished at the local Meineke. <laughs> I just heard the hello, and I got in the car and just drove down there. I didn't even hear the rest of the message. <laughs> I said, what are, you, what, are you, what are you even doing here, you know, Dave Landau? But it's exciting. Um, but But now... I think of this, though, Dave Landau. Philadelphia might be a little easy to you because you came from Detroit. Detroit is, you know, was a pretty tough hood back in your day, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, right in the suburbs, right on the border in, in uh, Gross Point, but I started in Detroit in cities like Coco's House of Comedy where they found the owner shot in the back of the head with his hands cut off. So, I mean, I've definitely... <laughs> that's a real thing? Jeez. Yeah, it's a real thing, yeah. that's uh, So I've performed in worse places. I remember Tony Rock was telling me one time he walked up on stage there and he was like, uh, hey, everybody, hi, I'm from New York. And this guy just goes, fuck New York and fuck you. Okay? <laughs> and that was the owner. It was like... The, yeah, uh, it was the... <laughs> it's, it's really... I think, it, I think it's uh, John Laster does this one good about playing hood rooms where he's like yeah i've been playing a lot of hood rooms lately the other mm-hmm. night the promoter's like i gotta find you 500 dollars for being late and he's like dude i drove here with you he's <laughs> right. like, what are you talking about a <laughs> L- little bit of a racket but i don't i'm not trying to comics unleash you here and, and just bounce past you a bit but can you oh, no, that's no but explain Plus, if, if we're doing urban you can't see me humping the stool over the phone <laughs> <laughs> romeo and juliet would have been different in the hood man um <laughs> But no, the bit, just explain the bit about Journey, because I've told, I've told the story of the Journey song where you're talking about the midnight train going anywhere. Oh, yeah, I'll kind of just do the bit, because in Detroit, you know, 
we have our own anthem, which is don't stop believing by journey, you know? So anytime you're like at a Lions game, football state, you know, at bar, whatever that songs come on. And the second you hear the line, you know, born and raised in South Detroit, everybody will just say that. And then they stop before the next line, which is like, you know, took a midnight train going anywhere, (laughs) which is anywhere else on earth other than, Detroit, which I find amazing. Where's this train going? Who gives a shit? Anywhere else on earth. <laughs> just get me out of, you know, yeah. just get me away from these burning couches and wild dogs in the street. Well, oh, the, be- the best is when people open urban farms in the worst areas possible. Like <laughs> these white hippies will move into like crack neighborhoods mm-hmm. and just grow a pumpkin patch. <laughs> and then, you know, cause they're woke. And then you see them on the news and they're like, they stabbed me in the face and <laughs> took all my plums. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny. It's so true. It's like back in the frontier days, the people who like arrogantly moved out to the prairies and then like oh, yeah. Americans showed up and cut everyone's head off within five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this, this, this sense of entitlement and wokeness will get you nowhere is what Dave Landau was trying to say. We're looking out for you here, people. Well, exactly. And what people want to buy more than fruits and vegetables has always been crack, at least since the (laughs) 80s. But it it is funny because, like, here in New York, that went on, too, like, up north. And the city eventually like caught up, and some of those like brownstones in the Bronx and stuff, upper you know upper east side of Harlem are worth money now. Is Detroit at that point? Because the last time I was in Detroit, there were still so many like news stringers driving around in vans with cameras looking to witness something they could sell to the news. Is it any further along now, or where's it at? It is the downtown area. Is it's pretty crazy because you'll see like a loft going for three million dollars, and I'm I'm in recovery, and I'll look at it and be like, I think I used to do coke in that room, like right there, <laughs> and like there's downtown. The downtown is built up, but it's still a city built for you know seven million with six hundred fifty thousand people living. In. Oh, okay. So, so it's a lot of vacant land, a lot of wild west, you know. So the downtown area itself, yeah, it's it's rebuilding. Stuff starting to come back. Stuff still expensive. But there are areas where you can buy a whole block for, you know, $15. But you got to, like, suck it up. You got to live there. Oh, yeah. You got to hope it catches up. Because, like, there are parts of, like, Red Hook, Brooklyn, it's so funny, where people did the gentrification thing and moved out there thinking society would come too. But the reinforcements didn't come. And I, that's my favorite thing in the world, in those areas where people move oh, in, yeah. yeah, from the west side. Right. A lot of turtlenecks walking around, fancy lattes, <laughs> scared for their yes. lives right now. Like, we needed to have a little bit of that, right? <laughs> I think you need more of it. Yeah, you do. We need, a, we need a market correction. We need a little bit of a market correction here in New York, and I think we're getting it a little bit. By the way, um, talking about um, things like that and certainly combat points, on your website, I had totally forgot that we shared this experience. But um, the Gotham Comedy Live show we did, I was writing Pamela Anderson's monologue. You were on the show. Um, I had told the story about working with her last week and what like a drug-addled pain in the ass I thought she was. Right. (laughs) Do you... I mean, cause you were, I know, but you were on the show, but like, I, I didn't, I don't know that we had to have this talk, but I was writing a monologue that week. Her handlers made me write her monologue like 37 times 
because they wanted to showcase how intelligent she was because she was like dating Julian Assange and she was passing herself off as like this intellectual. But then as oh, you clearly, yeah, <laughs> but do you remember that she was like, we can't talk about, we can't talk about the Tommy Lee sex tape. Can't talk about Baywatch. Can't talk about Borat. We can't talk about the movie barbed wire. Nothing. I'm like, well, what else are we talking about? You know, right. Well, also you've done nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I mean to be fair, oh, but this, you was, guys talk about your physics degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, it was funny because that was after Four days of them being monsters, woke uh, intellectual Pam, who wanted to protest the bombing in the VX with her set, that she wanted to use her set to protest a U.S. military bombing drill in South America. This a, is what we were going to do. At a comedy club. Yes. This, Smart. This, I don't know who was passing this on to her, but mm. this is the same woman who walked into the club at four in the afternoon, and she's like, do you have any champagne? And she didn't, <laughs> and she didn't ask Dave Landau the way you do if you're going to have one to take off the edge from your commute. She, well, nothing, nothing uh, washes down Xanax quite like Bob Dave, so. <laughs> That's true. And by the time the show started, do you, if you remember this, she sat next to the stage because she didn't want to walk back and forth from the side. And I yes. guess whoever was handling her was like, yeah, that's that's the thing to do now. Because it was like, she's doing live performances the way Muhammad Ali was still getting licensed to fight in the 80s. Like, people would show <laughs> up to watch it. <laughs> but the Nevada Gaming Commission was being very reckless by sanctioning the fights. And yeah, uh, clearly uh, brain damaged, but, but we're just letting it happen. <laughs> but it was really like, when I saw when I saw that on your website, it really took me back. I laughed my ass off. It was so, it was really funny. And she was famously at the beginning, sorry to cut you off, she was reading the stage direction from from the teleprompter and there were two reporters from the New York Post that were like dude that's brilliant I can't believe you came up with that idea I was like dude I, if I pray I, can, I wish I came up with that idea that was just our genius reading stage direction you still pulled it off you still pulled it off though because you had that great joke about how all I got was Motley Crue tickets oh about a sex <laughs> yeah it was about a sex tape about the sex tape like you still pulled the sex tape by the intellectual by like well I'll just word it without the word sex tape and she won't know and she didn't know yeah that's what she said but they did cut one way because it was supposed to say all I got was hepatitis C and they made me cut it. <laughs> it was, in, in, the, in, the, in the Dave Landau, Jimmy Fallon version of Gotham Comedy. So you know, you know it's, it's a wonder Access TV didn't renew the show. You know, it's, it's a wonder. Uh, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe the, the David, uh, uh, what was the name? Hasselhoff show that followed it that she was promoting went off the air. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Yo, David Hasselhoff, so you know, his, yeah. for the week of his monologue, he is married to a girl who's 27 who has the same name as his 27-year-old daughter. So I think it, I, I believe it's like Brittany. So he's married to a Brittany who he has a daughter the same age named Brittany, mm. which is Kinda a little like, weird. Is it like the Hulk Hogan thing where he puts sunscreen on her ass? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> all, 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 yeah all, all I'm saying is if you're going to buy a used kit, delete the search history. Because there yes. are some bad things on that Windows operating system and Kit. Kit's got a few viruses. Nobody's, oh, yes. Nobody's playing defense. Nobody's playing defense in Kit. So you're uh, I know I got I, I do have to talk to you for a minute, man. Um, you're doing yes. you're doing your show over on Compound Media with the great Anthony Cumia, uh, who's yes. a good friend of the Kennedy program. You should come do Kennedy, by the way. Don't be a diva. I would be honored to do it. All right, because like her show is, and it's definitely up your alley. 
because nobody, she doesn't care. She doesn't care which way people vote. I mean, she's libertarian and she has very strong views, but she wants everybody on. She's not trying to do the one size fits all propaganda battle that they're doing on a lot of the other channels. She's actually just trying to have like a fair fight conversation. So, I mean, you'll notice like when we do the show and hang out afterwards, half the people there are liberal because we just don't care. We're not fucking children. You know what I'm saying, Dave Landau? Well, yeah, yeah. You have an open dialogue, which is almost impossible these days. Yeah, it's not common. Well, it upsets a lot of people, too. It's funny. We have to do, we do a hate mail segment on Thursdays. That's phenomenal because because <laughs> one of them is like, oh, you're a MAGA cunt. And then the other one's like, you liberal whore. It's like, yo, it's, you can't you can't be both. Although and, 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 and I apologize for writing these tweets, but I write them. You know, sometimes the week gets the best of me. And I'm like, just make up your mind, Kennedy. But um, whatchamacallit, what I was going to say about that is, do you feel like as a comic, I don't know that uh, comics are all ready, to, or ready to become Republicans, but I do feel like the Democratic Party has lost comedy in that the only comics that are outwardly Democrat now are ones no one respects or think are funny anyway. Like, I don't think anybody's watching Colbert like, this guy's great. I don't think they are, and I, I, I'm shocked when comics go against other comics who have that view of protecting freedom of speech, being able to say whatever you want, like... Even yesterday, I saw a tampon commercial, which I ended up doing a bit on that night because it's tampons for men. Oh, God. And it's, I swear to God, a guy's washing dishes and his son comes in and goes, Dad, I think I had my period. And his dad's like, okay, son. And I'm like, this is a joke, right? right? That's a thing? It's a real thing. It's called like Thinks, T-H-I-N-X, I think. And I oh, talked God. about it, you know, and then the next scene, it's two guys sitting down to pee, handing the tampons underneath the stall. But... And I'm just, I'm watching this and I'm just on stage and you see the audience agree. Cause I'm like, what at this, at this point we've just lost our, like if I told my dad I was having my period, my mouth would have looked like it was having his period after he punched <laughs> me in the face. It's like, listen, it's like, listen, I'm woke. Yeah. But your son's dead from toxic shock. <laughs> that's so, but yo, it's like, that's not even scientifically a thing. It doesn't, it wouldn't even mean like someone would react to our conversation about this as if we were denying them their right to be that, or that we hated them for some reason, which is such disingenuous horseshit. And it's the reason you can't have an honest conversation about this, but the right. actual science doesn't right. support that. What's the biology? That's what I understand. And so why do they even need the tampon because they just want to feel like one you put it in your, your ass i'm guessing you it your I, that's what i think it is like either you, one either you're wiping way too hard so. <laughs> this guy goes oh, all the way you know <laughs> or, or the other one it's just uh like you have a serious disease and you need to go to the hospital <laughs> yeah. Oh, <good laughs> but yeah that's what i think it is i think it's so you can feel like a woman so you just have a tampon oh man and and you just but that's what i mean i don't see how comics don't see this at this point even I consider myself very moderate. Uh -huh. Even I, I would have even considered myself more liberal mm -hmm. uh, even a year ago. But mm -hmm. now it's gone so off the rails. I don't know how you can't start becoming right and be a comedian. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's weird because there's a war on you as a comedian based on the language you take and the positions you take. So I don't understand how you support the people that are bringing the war against you, you know. Um, but it's, a, but it's, a, it's a crazy point that we've gotten to this place where – we're supposed to keep a straight face around stuff like this. And that's like almost like the most disconcerting, scariest part of it is that if you get out of step, you've got a big problem on your hands. Like I was actually on the air the, the day 
Um, Caitlyn Jenner did her Vanity Fair cover. We were doing a live show that day. Oh, so hot. And I, I, know, I was like, I know. I go, I'm like, oh my God, she looks gorgeous. You want to know why? Because the first person that says she doesn't is getting fired. Their wife is getting fired. <laughs> Their kids are getting yanked out of a classroom and banned from a public school. And, I, you know, I have no feeling one way or the other, but it's insane that it's gotten that quick because I think it hurts groups. Like, for real, I think transgender groups um, are hurt by the rate of speed at which they're making progress. Because I think, oh, yeah. yeah, because I think other groups almost resent it. And for people who would otherwise be on board with it, it's happening so fast that it's almost like unsettling. You know, it's like people who fought. I have a black comic, Charles McBee, great dude, who will talk about how like civil rights took 100 years to fight. He's like, and then they came along, put Caitlyn Jenner on a Vanity Fair cover and literally had bathroom laws the next day. And it was like for people who died on behalf of civil wars, they're like, how the hell did you do that? Like, it's amazing. It's actually kind of amazing. And then when the, the dust clears, you're kind of mad about it. You're like, whoa, you know, why that? Yeah, they're like, you, you got Vanity Fair without one German shepherd or a fire hose. Yeah, it's just not easy to do. <laughs> and my, my opener's uh, a black guy. And we actually had, oddly enough, this same conversation last night where he's like, that's the problem. Is he goes, it's, I don't see it as civil rights. He's like, I can't help but think that. I just don't see it that way, especially because – He's taking away a cover from a woman who's deserved it. Yeah. So now you have a guy who takes – that's what I don't understand. Like if this, if the white guy is so evil, but all he has to do is cut off his penis and then you're like, ah, oh, he's good. He's a minority. <laughs> and like, like none of it really makes any sense to me. And I, and I think you're right. I think it is having – yeah, it's, it's rapidly affecting them in a way that I see as a negative because – yeah, I just don't see how it's helping other, anybody else advance. And then you get into sports. And now, if, like, girls are losing scholarships because they're coming out and saying, hey, I lost a race to this guy because he's 32 and 6'5 in our high school. But that's what he <laughs> identifies as. There's, yo, there, and I know, and you've got, but you've got to put up with that. Like, there was the wrestler that was kicking the shit out of everybody. And, yes. um,. I know there was a there was like a Babylon B story yesterday about how a motorcyclist who identifies as a bicyclist is just set like 32 world records. That's insane. Uh, what yeah. you, because that's it, it's really weird because, again, I don't want to be because I know the rules of the game. So I don't want to be denying them their rights to do this on any level. I want them to do it. It's fine. But I also right. think it's happening at such a rate of speed that we should allow for people to be a little bit, I don't know that they're weirded out or whatever you want to call it, but a little unsettled about what's going on. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And they have the right to be. And the way that I see it is why not have a transgender sporting or a sports group in the middle and then have women's sports and men's sports. And people say, well, that's different, but don't you want to embrace your differences? Like the tampon thing makes us all the same. That's yeah. what I don't understand. It's so confusing. Like, are we different? Are we the exact same thing? And frankly, like, I don't want to see my niece, you know, in a boxing ring, getting the shit kicked out of her by some, you know, yeah, some dude who's twi yeah. Yeah, twice her size just because he had pigtails in that he, day. He said two prison terms, braided his right, hair, yeah. and now your niece yeah. is now your niece is dating Chris Brown for all intents and purposes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you have you have basically Jim Carrey in, in living color, you know, doing the in <laughs> wave instructor, beating everybody in a foot race and getting their scholarships. It's like you're not you're just giving a a, a woman scholarship to a man. 
Which like, is that doesn't make it, sense. It is. It's actually you're actually screwing women over in the process, so to speak. But that's that is where we've gotten to this crazy junction that I think is you know causing a lot of people to ask questions finally. Because it's like yes. if you're going to run around as a Democrat and say we're the party of science. It gets a little tricky when you start passing tampons in the men's bathroom, you know, it's, <laughs> well, that's exactly it's it a dicey proposition. And, and again, it just it does suck that you can't have like a fair conversation about this because I don't think it actually helps. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't help. And it doesn't help them either that you have to pretend. Because it's like it, it creates this stifling aspect to everything that's going on. When I always say a lot of a, a lot of Trump's success is due in part to the fact that he's such an unabashed asshole about how he goes yes. about doing things because it just happens to be who he is. You know, he's the he's the one politician. If you liked him or hated him, you know, you're making a value judgment based on who he is. Most politicians you might hate. You might like if you actually knew them because they're not anywhere close to the person they're showing you on the stump, you know. So it's oh, like, absolutely. And most politicians are trying to pretend they're not an asshole. Yeah. He just is, and it's great, in it, my opinion. Oh, it's of course great. it is. Well, that's the funniest thing about him is that a lot of people would say, you know, a lot of people try to distance themselves from him, like an Oprah would be an example of the Clintons or anybody in Hollywood. It'd be like, this isn't the Donald Trump I knew. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course it is. There's only been one Trump. He didn't change. He didn't. There was no NWO uh, Trump where he threw on a black bandana and became a bad guy. He was always just Trump. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, he's always been that guy. People have even said dumb things like, oh, they, he just wants his presidency for advertising. It's like, do you think Trump, whose name is on a million buildings, is trying to get advertising? And even what bothers me is people don't give him credit. Even yesterday when they killed Allah or the yeah, other Baghdadi, day where they yeah, killed yeah. Allah Baghdadi. Yeah. Now people are saying like, oh, you colluded with Russia. It's like, no, that's how airspace works. You <laughs> fucking idiot. idiot. That's, <laughs> but, the, but it's like, it's like the idea though, that we've killed this guy who's like literally running ISIS. And instead of being like, all right, we got one. It's like, well, I don't like how you did it, which is like, it just, everybody's a fucking fat spoiled child in this country, Dave Landau. And I can't take it. That's, you know. That's what it's become. It's just become fat kids throwing tantrums. I mean, you have to admit that you're living in a pretty good place where you're like, well, what can we be angry about? I don't know. Let's pretend we're women and see if we can take over sports. <laughs> well, you know, I was talking about this the other day, like in Uganda, they literally just passed a law punishing gay sex by death. By death right. in Uganda. Um, meanwhile, back in America, we're mad that the most prominent gay icon we know sat with George Bush at a football game. And we're like, exactly. <laughs> these people are actually getting stoned for having right. gay sex. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we're upset that, you know, they're sharing a hot dog, which is the first time she had one in years, I'm sure. <laughs> hey. But people, great. sorry. So it was she, great. Uh, no, yeah. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. God damn it. Yes. I hate no. joke shaming. I hate joke shaming. Just tell the fucking jokes. Exactly. No, I'm with you. No, and she, and then people give the credit. Like, well, he was a bad president, but, uh, you know, he seems like a good guy. Really? <laughs> Like you guys remember when you called him Hitler for eight years? I know. <laughs> and like at least Trump is getting his money's worth because that's what nobody that's what nobody knows. Like, um, you know, McCain was Hitler. Mitt Romney was going to throw people back in chains. That was a famous Joe Biden quote. Obviously, George oh, yeah. Bush was Hitler for, you know, for eight years. And it's like, I don't think the average person, because when you get like a transformative candidate like Trump or Obama that bring a lot of first timers to the conversation, they have yes. no appreciation for the historical precedents. So there's a lot of people consuming politics for the first time that hear like, oh, this guy's Hitler. And they do think that's a new charge. They think that's like an original hit. And they don't understand that like every group of politicians is just a cover band 
of some shittier prior version of a group of politicians that <laughs> ran the same. That's, that's all these people are, is they're a cover band, you know? That is very true, yeah. And it's, yeah, it, the Democratic convention is just mini-kiss. I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> terrible. And no, you're absolutely right. And I love when, uh, I love how Obama is not even really supporting Biden. Like, he's no. like, nah, you just do your thing. And, Think you about know, that. you're... The guy can't even talk about gun control. He doesn't even have gum control. His teeth are falling out of his head. Think about that. Obama just endorsed Justin Trudeau, who got caught wearing blackface on Halloween. Right. But he won't endorse Joe Biden. And and you know what? At 78, think about that. If you want to talk about problematic Halloween costumes, Joe Biden may have worn some things that shock the conscience in his youth. Oh, I'm sure. I guarantee he did. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if those, if somebody finds those Polaroids, somebody finds that cave with it yeah. scribed into the wall. <laughs> well, let me ask you. This, let me ask you this question, just as a comic, though, because I mean, it's like you kind of consume politics. I do anyway. Like I'm watching sports. It's just sports. Like this guy's winning, that guy's winning. Here's why I think they are. Do you think? Uh, is there a world for you? where you're almost rooting for like a Hillary Clinton to get back in the race. Cause I am just because it, to me, it's like the movie Kingpin. I want to see Roy Munson bowl one more time. And, <laughs> and, and Trump is very much the bigger and McCracken of politics. So I, for one, want to see it happen. Are you tired of it or would you watch it again? I would absolutely welcome her to come back. I think it would be outstanding. And there was part of when he got elected after a year, to be honest, just with all the backlash that happened, it's like, wow, I wish I would have just changed my vote so you would just shut up, you know. <laughs> but now it's gone so far in the other direction that I will never go back that way. No, you and I, I'm completely rooting for that side. But I would like to see her jump back in the ring. And honestly, I don't see anybody else having much more of a shot. I mean, they're talking about the world ending in 12 years. I mean, definitely <laughs> for Bernie, but nobody else. <laughs> That's rough. It's true, though. Him, well, that's the funny thing is like they lectured us about old white men forever. And they're like, oh, the Democratic Party needs new blood. Like they actually mean new blood. They, they, these guys are 80 years old. They need transfusions, right. you know, yes. <laughs> like yeah, the Democratic Party needs new blood. Can you donate? Um, it is. Yes. It's, it, 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 it's absurd. There's so many things now that are just absurd on their face because everybody is selling like oppression. You know, they say. There's like this divide in society between like victorhood or victimhood. And like one side is like, hey, do it yourself. Be a badass. Make shit happen. The other side is like, ah, oh, the system's screwing you. You don't have a chance. You can't make it. And right. I feel like the problem the Democrats have, if I was just calling balls and strikes as like a sports better, is that it's hard to get people excited by telling them how, how wrong and screwed they are by society. It's a lot more inspiring to be like, you can do it then you I, you can't do it that's the message you can't do it i couldn't i couldn't agree more and that's their entire message is trying to play on that i mean you even have andrew yang like who wants a thousand dollars i'm like are we buying votes now <laughs> kind of yeah kind of yeah, yeah it's like is this like Bill the Butcher political <laughs> tactics? <laughs> yes, it's be, no, it's become insane. It's gotten it's gotten to that point. It's bad, but like, and, and I I laugh because when everybody leads with what 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 their oppression is, like we get to this place where we're at, like with the British royals. We were talking about them earlier. Like, oh, identity politics is just how anyone starts a sentence now. Yeah, it's bananas. But the idea that like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are taking six weeks off. 
because they're tired of getting eight-handed massages and eating five-star meals and flying in a <laughs> And we're supposed to exhausting. feel bad. Because do you have kids? Do you have kids? I do. I have a son, yes. Oh, he's good four. for you. Oh, he's a four-year-old Thank kid. You. Oh, he's a good uh, – I have Lincoln Failey. He's 10. He's a good kid. I you, thought you had a kid. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Lincoln, because when he was born, we lived up in Harlem, and I didn't want him to get beat up in public school. <laughs> so – his his real his his name is Lincoln Harriet Tubman Fela. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but no, Lincoln. Lincoln yeah, Lincoln. I live in Harlem now, and my son's name is Wyatt Eartha Kit Landau, so it's pretty good. <laughs> Wyatt Sojourner Truth Landau uh, hyphenated across the board to keep him safe, and I get it. I yes. I, I dig it, but it's funny. Yeah, his nickname is Aretha. <laughs> but it's funny because like when they actually do this thing, like the Prince Harry thing, is the way they try to by sympathy is they'll be like, oh, she's a new mom. And I am not as a parent denigrating the sacrifice or what goes into being a new mom, but it's insulting on its face to new moms when you compare what they're doing to what Meghan Markle is doing. Because Meghan Markle has 57 assistants, three of which she fires every hour because she can and she doesn't give a shit. Like, not only is she not wiping that baby's ass, they're probably not wiping their own asses. They're that rich. It's absolutely the same thing. I mean, when you, yeah, it's insane. She has a kingdom of people that are able to help her while there's somewhere a single mother who's working two shifts at Denny's yeah. who doesn't eat, can barely even afford a babysitter. I know. And, and then you have, <laughs> and we're really like, oh, it's so sad when, you know, this bitch has her fucking candlestick singing to her and bringing <laughs> her whatever she wants. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, this, it this, doesn't, like, you're, you're not, yeah, yeah, you're a mom, but kind of not. This, I mean, you don't do anything. This mom who's coming home from an overnight shift at the factory, making school lunches, getting the kids to school school and then going to work a desk job should buy a $12 magazine because Meghan Markle's on the cover talking about what it's like in the struggle. And it's the well, that's what's amazing. She's like, nobody stops to ask if I'm okay. Well, cause we know the answer. <laughs> you know, what's amazing about that documentary clip, by the way, for real is that they recorded it during their South African tour. And that right. is literally at a stop where they've just visited with kids who stepped on landmines actual oh landmines and she's being interviewed about how hard it is to be her to walk a mile in my shoes they're like we'd love to walk a mile in your shoes but we don't have feet we don't have feet megan <laughs> we can't we help out here we don't even have scooters here i walk on my hand <laughs> it's fucking but it's yeah. amazing and then people are like oh the so poor maybe, girl maybe you could brush the flies off your face for two seconds and ask how my day was <laughs> i mean if you just could with that distended abdomen i mean it's horrible <laughs> It's, it's insane to me, and it's like, I'm a bad guy if I don't take this seriously, and I hate it. And that's where I think I'm telling you, like, the cancel culture crowd is going to unite America because I think there's enough smart people in both parties, Democrats too, because not the, the whole not the whole Democratic Party feels this way. A lot of them think it's absurd, you know? And I think yes. they might unite the country again because it's one thing we can probably agree on on this point is what we hate. You know, we're probably not going to agree on yes. what we like, but we could definitely agree on what we hate. And I don't know who the fu who puts up with this. You know, it's bananas. 
And basically, it's come to I don't know anybody who agrees with this would be considered a, mi a minority uh, gay comedians, especially speaking specifically for comedians. And when comedians, like I said in the beginning, go after other comedians like Shane Gillis was on our network. He had SNL for a weekend before he was fired. <laughs> um, you know, we're immediately ready to destroy anyone who disagrees with us or says something that and I hate the word triggered, but triggers us. You know, yeah, we've. We, We've complete as comedians, we really have to stop doing this. And if you're a woke comedian, just using the platform to try to get this message across that you don't really believe in, you're terrible. You're like, nobody needs to hear that. You're setting us back. You should go to a, a Sunday brunch show with Al Abar Ak Baghdadi. You should you should, book, <laughs> should do the Baghdadi open mic uh, and, and just get out of here already because they are. They're setting it back, Dave Landau. But I'll tell you who is not setting us back. The great Dave Landau. This was fantastic stuff, buddy. For real. For Thank real. you so much. I really appreciate you having me, man. No, no, you did a good thing. We got it for real. We'll come on, Kennedy, and hang out and talk some smack. Live news. There's nothing like live TV. There's nothing like the joy of knowing you could end your career with one soundbite. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. People are like, what's it like doing live news? I'm like, it's horrible. Are you kidding? No, it's a lot of fun. You don't care. It actually, you know, you know this from doing live television as a comic. You're actually safer on live TV because you don't have a safety net. You actually pay attention more. Yes, that's true. It does. It makes sense. So I think you'll be all right, Dave Landau. And if it all ends, we'll we'll always have this this episode to defend you, where we went after transgender men and children who stepped on landmines. <laughs> people people will know the fine quality of character that you bring to a broadcast. Exactly. You're the yes, best, man. No. Uh, Thank you. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we'll do it again. Good luck in Philly. It's going to be exciting. Have fun, buddy. Thank you, man. Appreciate there he it. Goes. Take care, bud. Take care. Okay. There he goes, ladies Bye. and gentlemen. The great Dave Landau, a fantastic friend of the program. It's the longest conversation we've ever had in our life because the only time we've ever really gotten to talk was before comedy shows. Well, actually, not even comedy shows, like TV tapings, where you don't get to sit in the green room and, and talk the whole time because you're both going on stage. But uh, I like his stuff as much as anybody out there, literally as much as anybody out there. And I know it might be offensive to some of you, but it's just jokes, dude. It is just jokes. So you'll be okay. Don't give words that much power over your life. And stick around. We're going to wrap up in a second. We still have, oddly enough, we still have advertisers after that segment. And we're going to let them uh, pay some bills when we come back. in presidential history. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. Uh -huh. There it is. There it is. Big fat shout out to Dave Landau. Check him out. The co-host of the Anthony Cumia show. Also fantastic loud. I'm actually going to be up there tomorrow night. Oh, are you going to be at <clears throat> Compound Media? Yeah. Doing the big uh, Eastside Dave show. Oh, Eastside Dave. Shout out to ESD. Right on. Love ESD. Uh, scissors out, I believe is yeah. a famous quote. <laughs> the Nizzers out. A fan of his. Uh, I got to go in a second because I am running over to Fox News to the Death Star yeah, yeah. where I will be writing the Kennedy program and hosting the shit out of Fox News Radio, Fox Across America, from noon to three. You know how they say, like, drive it like you stole it? 
well, you know, I'm filling in for like a full week. So in a full week, you could really get your offense implemented. Oh, yeah. And we're going balls to the wall. <laughs> like I, Here's the truth. At the end of the week this Friday, they're either being like, hey, take over our whole radio platform 24 hours a day. Right. Or they're literally, you know that scene in the casino, in the movie Casino, where they come up from behind the guy with the cattle prod <laughs> yeah. and just zap him under the <laughs> armpit and then drag him out? This one, No way. I'm either getting cattle prodded by Wednesday right. or I'm getting the whole network. It's going to be called Phelan News <laughs> Channel. It's a, one way or the other because I'm going in. Well, this you know? week, just start hanging up pictures of Lincoln and Jenny everywhere. And, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <I> feel bad? <laughs> uh, Jessica Tarloff will be on the show today. Um, before I get there, I am stopping by the New York Post to interview O.J. Anderson, Incredible. New York Giants legend, Super Bowl MVP, and probably the most beloved O.J. in the world, I would think. Well, <laughs> I mean, if he's in second place now, right. he's got to do some soul searching. So download the Blue Rush podcast, NewYorkPost.com. You can read my little article summarizing the show when mm-hmm. it's over. Um, we would normally do headlines in this instance, but um, I have a train to catch. Show's over, man. Big fat shout out to the great Dave Landau. Sean Barry, I think the game ball goes for you. This is as sober as I've seen you in this studio in like three months. So it is early. That needs to be commended. Uh, (laughs) But the show is over. Um, As we always say, never do business with a guy whose last name is a city. Mm -hmm. Never go near a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. And never shoot pool with a guy who brings his own table. There it goes. Party's over. Get the fuck out. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>